Welcome to Kicking It With The K-Train, talking with people who help me keep an eye on my vision. Hey everyone, my name is Kyle Kuhn. I'm a totally blind US Paralympian author and speaker. Um, I've been pretty fortunate to live a full and adventurous life. Um, you could say that I have been pretty successful, um, but I definitely could not have done it without the help of some really incredible people. Um, so on this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to many of the people who have helped shape me into the person that I am today. Um, and you know, these are the people um, that really help me keep an eye on my vision. And maybe through hearing their stories, uh, they can help you as well. So let's get started. Huge shout out to my personal partners who help support my adventure athlete career. Um, massive, massive thanks to Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a burger better than a Bubba. Um, straight from the freezer to either the grill or the stovetop, you guys. Um, I've been eating Bubba's for over 20 years. I mean, that's the majority of my life. And hands down, this is the best burger out there. So go check out BubbaFoods.com and uh, check out the store locator to see where you can get your favorite variety of Bubba today. Thanks so much to Infinite Performance Nutrition. Um, take your nutrition personally. Hydration and protein, um, custom tailored for your unique recovery, uh, tastes, sweat rate, um, you know, your training, your goals, you know, and, and your lifestyle. Um, you guys, I, I've been using Infinite since uh, before the Paralympics in 2021, and right now I can't imagine using uh, anything else. Um, they keep me fueled through every workout and every race. So uh, check out infinitenutrition.us, I-N-F-I-N-I-T, nutrition.us, and uh, use the code COON15, that's C-O-O-N-1-5, for 15% off your order. I am super excited to bring on Synergy Wetsuits as my 2024 swim partner. You guys, swimming has not been my forte, and as such, I've always been on the lookout for an incredible wetsuit, and I finally found it in Synergy. I am particularly love wearing sleeveless wetsuits, and Synergy has really gone out of their way to create a top tier sleeveless wetsuit uh, but guys they don't just make wetsuits they have all kinds of awesome swim accessories and triathlon apparel so go check them out www.synergywetsuits.com that's s-y-n-e-r-g-y wetsuits.com and be sure to use the code kyle coon that's k-y-l-e-c-o-o-n at checkout for 15 percent off
Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with the K Train, where I chat with people who have helped me keep an eye on my vision. Uh, I am very honored to uh, welcome this next guest on the show. Uh, he is a, a man that really helped accelerate um, my understanding of, of what it means to be a professional triathlete and uh, you know, I, I trusted this guy to uh, to guide me at uh, what to date has been uh, the biggest race I have uh, ever competed in, uh, which is the Paralympic Games. Uh, so I am really stoked and, and humbled uh, to welcome uh, Mr. Andy Potts to the show. Andy, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for inviting me, Kyle. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. So let's go ahead and uh you know, without further ado let's let's dive in can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about you know when did you get into sport and you know what was the arc of your sporting journey because you've had quite the lengthy career <laughs> right yeah so um i've been swimming since i was five years old i'm 46 so 41 years of swimming um I took swimming as far as I thought I could go with it, and I swam in college. Uh, I was a pretty good swimmer. Uh, I was on the national team for a bunch of years, and I uh, went to the University of Michigan, swam there. Uh, grew up in New Jersey, uh, where I really kind of honed my, my swimming uh, style and technique under the tutelage of a great coach, and yeah, been on the international racing scene now since 1993. Uh, how old are you, Kyle? Uh, I am going to be 32 in November. So uh, you've been on the international racing scene uh, since I was about uh, maybe about a year, year and a half old. Yeah, <laughs> uh, against uh, the you know some of the best athletes in the world, and um, it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, man. So, you know, I, I know we've we've had discussions in the past about, um, you know, the the Olympics, you know, are, are kind of, you know, that that's a swimmer's dream. And, you know, you said you started swimming when you're five years old. When did you kind of think, I want to go to the Olympic Games? And when did that transition from a, a I want to go to the Games to kind of becoming a goal to wow, this could potentially actually happen? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so it was 1988, the Seoul Olympic Games. I was watching on TV, and I was 12 years old. I was watching Mary Lou, or not Mary Lou, uh, she, sorry, she's in the news recently. I was watching uh, Janet Evans and <laughs> Matt Biondi. Um, and both of them really represented the United States. Just, it was they represented themselves well. They represented our country fantastically. Um, and they, they were awesome at, at their craft. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to go to the Olympics. I want to be an awesome swimmer. And so that seed was really planted in, when I was 12. And then I got, I was okay at swimming at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, got pretty good at 14. And then I got, um, I got, I got real good at 16. Real good, like so. Define define real good. Uh so okay. 
Um, so it's a little bit formalized, more formalized these days, but in the mm-hmm. early nineties, we didn't really have, like we had world rankings. Um, I think it was uh, top three in the, or in the world for 16 and unders, um, in three events when oh, I was wow. 16, when I was 16 years old. Um, and then they had like an under 18 ranking and I was ranked pretty highly in that. Let's say like top eight in the world. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, but that was against, you know, the younger, the younger group. And now it's a little bit more formalized. I think my world ranking was, I was definitely ranked in the top hundred in the world. Um, yeah. in my events, um, my highest world ranking ever was six, um, wow. in one event. And I was, uh, I think it was seven, 18 years old when I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like when I was 16, I was, uh, I made the national junior team. Um, and then I was in a world cup when I was 17, we went to Paris, um, raced pretty good, won, won all my events. Um, and it was just like, okay, well, you no longer have, uh, anything other than what you want as your barrier. Um, the physicality was there, the mentality was there, and it was just about setting goals and and expectations and then working towards them at that point. Um, so that's why I say 1993, uh, for me was gotcha. a real, was a real year where I was just like, Oh, okay. I actually, I can actually be pretty good at this sport. Um, and then right around then at the same time, I started looking at, um, every aspect I could. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the, the, the launching pad for, uh, self-exploration Mm-hmm. And uh, just trying to mine how good I could be physically and mentally, and then comparing myself against the best in the world. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you you put yourself up against the best in the world. Just being, you know, here in the U.S., I think uh, you and I talked about it previously. Um, in you know, in 1996, you you know, you were. I think you were a junior or a senior at, at University of Michigan and you know you were swimming against you know you know three or four of the top guys in the in the world just on your own on your own team yeah. and you went to you know you went to the Olympic trials in 1996 and um why don't you for for those of my audience that that uh you know that don't know uh your uh your sporting history why don't you go ahead and tell us you know, your, your trials story and, um, kind of what happened there. Sure. Sure. Um, so in 96, I was a freshman at the university of Michigan. Um, oh, you were we a freshman. To, okay. Yep. We went to the trials, um, which were in Indianapolis. Um, my college roommate ended up making the Olympic team as a freshman. Um, he ended up going to the games in, in Atlanta and getting silver and, uh, forever proud of, of him for doing that. And his name is Tom Malchow. So that was yep. my roommate in college. And then uh, I swam the 400 IM and the, in the mile, in the 1500. So at trials, um, I ended up getting fourth. We take top two in our country. Yep. And uh, the guys I trained with, uh, Tom Dolan, he ended up winning trials. And then Eric Namesnick ended up getting second at trials. They also went on to go to the games. Atlanta and go one, two there as well. Wow. But they were literally my lane mates, uh, 
you know, swimming in college. So I knew where I stood against the best in the world because they were the best in the world. Yep. Um, you know, I was the first person to congratulate Snick and, and, and Tom, uh, cause I was literally, I was in the pool with them. Um, uh, <laughs> we're, you know, making the team. I was proud of them. Uh, and you know, I, I didn't, re- I, you know, one of the early lessons that I learned was to not lie to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, being really honest with yourself as an athlete and as someone who, who you don't even have to be an athlete, but someone who wants to pursue greatness. Yep. If, if you're not lying, if you're lying to yourself along the way, you're not going to get what you want. Um, so I knew when I stepped on the block, like, Hey, if I do my best, I can, I'm probably going to get third Snick and Dolan. They would beat me regularly in practice. I knew where I stood. It wasn't that I didn't believe in myself. Um, they were just faster and stronger at, at that time. I was still 19 years old. Um, I thought I had a little bit more runway in me and could, you know, at 23, go back to the trials and try to make it. Um, I was, I think I was 16th in the world at that, uh, at that time. Um, and at the university of Michigan, we ended up having another guy who got fourth who trained with us. He's from the Netherlands named Marcel Lauda. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up putting 13 people on the Olympic team wow. at a, on our team. And then we had three of us miss it by four spots total. Wow. Uh, we were, we were a really good team, uh, really close knit guys. Um, we all got along great. Uh, my roommate at the trials was the guy named John Piersma. He ended up making the games in three different events, you know, two oh, individual, wow. one relay. Um, yeah, we were quite good. Uh, it was a lot of fun, very intense training. We would get after each other. Um, this is a lifetime ago, Kyle. But, yeah, for sure. But you know, you're 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 recalling it like it's like it just happened yesterday. And I mean, that's you know, because uh, that's a that's a big part of your life, and yeah. it really it really set the stage for you know. I, I think it set the stage for the next you know the next four years, obviously, and then you know, obviously, eventually going to the going to the games in triathlon. So yeah, I, I never thought I'd make I'd, I'd do a second sport. Um, I did think honestly, like when I was done swimming, I was done with my athletic career, which really yeah. bummed me out significantly. Yeah. Uh, just knowing that, like, oh yeah, there's no other avenue, no other, no other, no other outlet for me to pursue. Um, it didn't even have to be the Olympics. It was just like this athletic pursuit that I have, just kind of innate uh, mm-hmm. within me. Um, I was like, oh, am I resigned to playing pickup basketball and, you know, a rec league, um, you know, ultimate Frisbee. But luckily in 2000, mm-hmm. the City Olympics included the sport of triathlon. And that was, that that ended up being like this, another, it, again, it's, like you said at the beginning, Kyle, like the Olympics played a huge role in my life and mm-hmm. be the, the race in Sydney on um, on TV, watching yep. the Olympic, I wouldn't have picked the sport of triathlon. I wouldn't have gravitated towards it if it weren't part of the Olympic movement. So, wow, yeah. that's awesome! It uh, just remind me, did you did you compete at the trials in in two thousand uh, for swimming as well? No, I didn't. Um, I ended up you stopping didn't. my swimming career in nineteen ninety nine. I was a senior. Okay, and 
at that time, I think I was fourth or fifth in the country in the 400 meter. I am, um, there were two other guys that were, uh, significantly better than I was. I thought maybe if I perform my best, I get third again, which, yeah, which gets you an awesome view on your couch to watch <laughs> two of your friends go and win yeah. over, which they did. Tom Dolan being yep. his gold medalist and a, and a friend of mine, Eric Bent end up getting yep. silver. Um, and they swam awesome. Hey, they did great. And they were, they were really tough competitors. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So I, I stopped swimming in 99 and then I took mm-hmm. up running in 2000. So did you, did you take up running just to have an outlet or was it after, was it after watching the track, you know, the triathlon race on the TV in Sydney? No, it was actually before that. It was, uh, I actually remember it pretty vividly. Um, it is a fun, fun story. Uh, I don't really tell it that often. Um, but all right. So I'm at, at, in Ann Arbor at the university of Michigan and we're at like a house party. And I, this is probably around 2 a.m. Making great life decisions at 2 a.m. All great life decisions are made at 2 a.m., Andy. Right, right. Uh, it's like late October, just like before school really kicks off. Uh, I yep. remember having a conversation with a, a buddy of mine named Jay Canton. And Jay was a sub-four-minute miler at Michigan. And he, I said, Jay, I could make the track team. He goes, he goes, absolutely not. You could not make the track team. I said, I said, I knew I could make the track team. He's like, you weigh way too much. I was built like a swimmer, like a classic V. Um, yep. and I can do it. I can just run around like a pachyderm, like get it done. And he was like, okay, practice is tomorrow at uh, three o'clock. I was like, okay, I'll be there. And then I woke up the next morning. I was like, what did I do? It wasn't a bad <laughs> It wasn't like we had anything on the line, but I, I said, like, I, I kind of, I put the word out there. Like I said it, it was in my head and I put it out into the world and, and I was like, okay, well, I can either just talk a game or I could show the game. And I showed up to practice and I introduced myself to the head coach. His name was Ron Warhurst. <laughs> I introduced myself and I said, I'd love to try to make your team. And he goes, Andy, you're welcome to try to make the team. I know who you are. I know you're a great swimmer, but I don't need great swimmers on my track team. I need you to run. <laughs> so I said, you got it, Ronnie. I will try my best. Uh, and there were three different cuts throughout that, um, yeah, over a series of a bunch of weeks. There were a bunch of cuts, and then there was the team picture, and my name wasn't on the cut list. So I was like, yes, let's go. Uh, <laughs> My biggest asset to our track team and our cross country team was uh, I was like a workout dummy there to get yep. beat, up, get pounded on by everybody else. And I would just make fun of them. If I beat them, I'm like, what are you doing? Like you, <laughs> you can't let a swimmer beat you. Um, and just like really good camaraderie, really, really nice group of guys. And uh, um yeah, moments and times in my life I'll never forget. That's awesome. I, I actually I don't think we I don't think you'd ever told me that story. That's that's <laughs> awesome. But it's 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 quite good, and um, I'm 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 happy that I said it out loud, and then therefore yeah. made it a little bit more real, and then I yeah. just got done it. Wow, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So 
so okay, so okay so we're you you make the track team you're, you're you run cross country and and track and you you know getting as a as a workout dummy i, I know how that feels because that's basically what i was in college as a wrestler um i was just i was just basically a, a mop mat uh you know a mat a mop for the mat yeah um <laughs> but yeah we all so yeah everyone needed a everyone needed a drill partner there you, um, go. you know but uh you know so but you you watch the you see triathlon on on tv in in sydney and when did you like when did you officially kind of say i'm gonna go i'm gonna go for that i'm gonna get into triathlon and when did you do your first race yeah um all right so sydney 2000 was like august of 2000 um Got to watch a lot of friends compete. That was awesome. Uh, yep. Just really good friends race in the water. A um, couple of them actually on the track too. Uh, <laughs> and, and so and they, they all perform admirably. Uh, I didn't know anybody in the sport of triathlon. Um, I was actually living in Las Vegas at the time. And um, my wife uh, was a Cirque du Soleil performer. Yep. Uh, a piece artist there. So she was... Uh, I wasn't making any money. So she was, uh, really, uh, showing me what's possible in life. She was just like, Hey, listen, you can have a dream as a kid and you really do have the tools. If you want to go out and do it, you can still do it. Um, it took me a while to kind of re believe in that space in that place for myself after my swimming career. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't end up doing, I end up, uh, I had a couple of jobs at that time I, in 2000 and it took a long time. Like, it, like I was swimming and biking and running, but I didn't, I wasn't really, I had no formality to it, no coaching, no instruction. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm actually going to really train and see what I can do. And then I'll, if I'm okay at kind of blending three sports together, I'll, I'll get in touch with USA Trafalon and, and that was in the summer of 2002. So like I said, it, it was a long time. Like it was all, it was like 22 months later that I was yeah. like, Oh, I'll enter my first trap on. So okay. I my on in June of 20, 2002. And then at that race, I, um, and the national team uh, coach was there, um, just out of coincidence. Right. Right. And, uh, I went and introduced myself. Uh, I said, Hey, what would you like to know? How good can I be? Uh, what can I do to show you that I'm serious um, and that I actually am, I have some skills? And she was like, okay, well, why don't you go run a 10K? This is like the condensed version. So she said, yeah. go run a 10K. I said, okay, fine. How fast do I need to go? She said, try your best. And I said, seriously, how fast do I need to go? And she said, just honestly put your best foot forward and we'll see what the results are. I said, I don't think you understand me. Uh, you tell me the time and I will run the time. And she, and, and she said, okay, if you run 35 minutes, we'll talk about maybe like um, seeing if you, we can put you in touch with a coach. And then she said, if you run 33 minutes and change, then we will look at you as like um, kind of like a, a talent ID sort of situation. And then she goes, if you run under 33 minutes, 
we will invite you out to Colorado Springs mm -hmm. for a six week trial. Um, and, and we will like give you a, an honest shake as like, yeah. um, as a tryout. And so a couple of weeks later, I was like, okay, I'm, I ran 3218 and <laughs> all right, what's up? When, you know, when can I come? They said, okay, come on out. And then I showed up and I was like, okay, I'm ready to get in shape now. I haven't been in shape in a, in a, in a bunch of years. Um, yep. And they're like, wait, you're not in shape. And I'm like, I I've been throwing thing. I've been throwing darts and just seeing what sticks. <laughs> I have not have I've been not training. And they're like, okay, yeah. this is gonna get interesting. Um, and then from the moment I stepped on to the uh, training center in Colorado yep. Springs, which you know yep. well. Yes, um, indeed. Uh, it was 18 months later I qualified for Athens. Wow, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So how, what was the what was the qualification process like back then? Because it's it's now it, it seems very complicated now. Uh, was it did did you guys have it just a straight trials back then? So it's always been complicated. I don't think, yeah. I think probably in USA Triathlon's DNA. Um, yeah. I, I do know this, so Kyle, like Part of the United States Olympic Committee and, and Paralympic Committee's uh, bylaws and initiative is they need mm -hmm. to follow the U.S. Constitution. And yep. it has to be some sort of merit-based uh, appointment yep. to election to make a team. So it doesn't have to be every slot merit-based, but mm -hmm. um, at least one, let's say there's multiple slots, then at least one has to be merit-based. Um, yep. The other ones can be discretionary. And you can outlay it any which way you really want. Um, some of the thinking, this, a lot of the thinking hasn't really changed too much. Um, like if you can excel in a certain course in a certain place at a certain time with certain conditions, meaning humidity, um, travel, all these things, like if you can handle that well once, then odds are decent that you can handle it again well. Uh, yep. So They'll use test events as um, as a selection criteria. Mm -hmm. 2004, we had a race. Uh, our race was going to be in Athens during mm -hmm. the summer. It's quite warm um, near the equator on the uh, not it was it the Aegean. So it's very warm. Uh, so we chose uh, a, a race with a similar profile in Hawaii. It was on in Oahu uh, in and we would ride like on the backside of Diamondback. So there was a hill just like there is in the Athens course. Mm -hmm. And so we did, we raced in Hawaii and then we, we raced in, um, actually all three of our selection races had a good quality hill. It was, it was, uh, we had a test event or not test event, but, uh, trials, Olympic trials in Hawaii. Uh, first person across the line in at world championships mm -hmm. in, and then we had another trials event uh, in Bellingham, Washington, which also had a decent hill. But wow. it was really cold conditions, wetsuit swim. So it was like, why are we choosing this? I'm not sure. <laughs> but I, I punched a ticket in at the World Championships. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So and it's so, been convoluted. So, yeah. 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 No, it, it, yeah. Have it, you know, now being on the, uh, you know, now being on the, the AAC and, and all that and have it, you know, 
having been through the selection process, you know, myself, it's just, man, I, you know, and back in, you know, 2000, 2004, I mean, they were still, I mean, you guys were still on the very cutting edge of, you know, a, a brand new sport essentially. So I, I can only imagine um, how crazy it was. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. I mean, like I was, uh, maybe I was naive, but yeah, it felt cleaner than like Athens, the selection process for 04 felt cleaner than Sydney. Yeah. In 2000, um, which again, felt a little bit cleaner than, um, and, but it, it was kind of, we redid it again for Beijing right. and yeah, I mean, hindsight, you, you can usually get a clearer picture of sure. like, was this the best call? Um, but just because our bylaws say, um, the org, the organization has to be directed towards, you know, a merit meritocracy, like some sort mm-hmm. of merit based, it doesn't mean that it's fair. Right. And the first lessons and first conversations we ever had on the bike, I think it was the first day we ever rode tandem. Yep. Uh, and you're like, Hey, listen, just to let you know, first rule of paratriathlon is it's not fair <laughs> i remember that I, I, I i'm amazed that you you still remember that because that i i'm pretty sure that is one of the that is always the first rule when you get into paratriathlon that's number one rule <laughs> para isn't it, fair it's not fair but, but like hopefully we won't stop trying exactly so yeah that, i think i think that's where there's hope is in the effort and in the track. Yeah. yeah. So you make, you make the games, you make the team, um, walk us through your, you know, cause like you said, you, you, you had uh, you had front row seat, well, you know, you had great, you know, views from your couch and, you know, 88, 92, 96 and 2000. Um, what was it like finally getting to live out your dream? Um, in, you know, going to, going to the games in 04. Yeah. All right. So you'll know this feeling Kyle, uh, because you lived through it as well. Yep. But when you are racing for more than yourself, um, there's a little, it just, it, it, things can be sometimes emotional, mm-hmm. uh, like unexpectedly emotional and as well as like, it can make you, it can, it can be like, uh, a little bit of a, a burden to carry, but it also could be, you know, the wind at your back. Uh, yeah. And I, as the latter, as just like, this is the wind in my sail. I'm racing for like, my name's on my chest, but I'm racing. There's, there's a bigger USA underneath of it. Yep. Um, I'm racing for the country. I'm racing for my family, my school, my hometown, um, my friends, the rest of my family. I don't know. It, it me it meant a lot to me. Uh, it's a global stage, uh, biggest sporting event that we have. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think that there was so many people that helped me get to that space because it wasn't linear. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't charted either. Like I went a bit of a circuitous route to get there and taking swimming and then finding other two other sports. Um, so it was, it was really powerful. Uh, it was a total thrill. 
my whole family was in uh, immediate family was able to go. Um, I wish my high school coach could have gone, Yeah, but he was, I think he was having his, his wife was having a baby. Ah, so pretty sure that's what it was. Um, no, it was, uh, and I, I had my, my best friend from high school. He was there. It was great. Yeah. 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 And, uh, if I remember correctly, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think you, uh, you did win the, the 1500 meter eventually. And, uh, you know, it just happened. You had to, uh, bike and run after it. That whole bike and run thing afterwards kind of spoiled yeah. it. Yeah. Um, actually, no, that was a goal. That was a true yep. goal mine to win the mile at the or the 1500 at the Olympics. Um, yep. And this was actually uh, four years before open water swimming made its Olympic debut. So this ah. is the that we had open water swimming. Um, I came out with a decent lead too, which was mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, my buddy who I mentioned earlier, his name is Tommy. Yep. Tommy, Tommy was, uh, in the stands watching and actually my, my college roommate was there too. Cause he had made, uh, the, his third Olympics, uh, and he was the captain of the swim team, Tom Malchow. So yep. he came down, um, a friend of mine, Lindsay, another friend of mine, Mike, this is better Corn was there. It was great. Um, so I had a bunch of friends, a lot of family and, I come out of the water, run through transition, grab my bike. My buddy Tommy takes a picture of transition when it's empty. And I think we had 55 people on the start line. And there were 54 bikes racked. And mine was missing because I was out <laughs> trying to saddle up and, yeah, get on the ride. So, but it was great, man. It was great. Uh, love it. Love it, man. And, yeah, so, I mean, you, you, you had a, you know, that's a, that's a truly special you know, experience, uh, you know, I think you got, you got like, you know, 16th or 17th at that, you know, at, at the actual, um, at, you know, with the final result. Um, and then you, uh, you know, you kind of shifted gears a little bit, um, post games. And I think you started dabbling a little bit in, in, uh, I think 70.3 was starting to come into existence and you eventually, you know, became world champion and, uh, at 70.3, um, and you know, you, you started kind of making a, a shift toward, you know, you were kind of one foot in the, the Olympic racing scene still, and then one foot in the, uh, 70.3 and, and Ironman, like what take us through like just that next phase of, of your career between, you know, Athens and, um, you know, you missed out on, on Beijing. Um, and then I, I don't know if you, uh, I can't remember if you told me that you were planning to try for London or not, but, uh, what was, what was kind of that next arc of your career? Great memory, Kyle, um, or research, uh, <laughs> a so, little yeah. bit of both. <laughs> um, yeah. So 2004 in Athens, it happened really quick. Um, when you think about the steepness of the learning curve, I had no knowledge of cycling. Yeah. Other than, you know, actually, hey, I got a fun story before we get into it. So as a kid, me and my buddy, his name is Aaron. I go over to his house and Aaron and I would ride bikes. And this was in like the, in the eighties, early nineties, yeah. probably in the eighties, late eighties. We'd go to his house and he lived this, he lived on this circle. Uh, and it was called Ross Stevenson. 
Okay. And we would ride bikes around the circle and we would create different, like we would go one way and then we'd go the other way. And then we'd add this little section with like trails and stuff. And we called it the tour de Ross because of the tour. <laughs> de and yep. I would just ride bikes on it. It was great. Um, that was, and so we were interested in the tour de France, but this is in the eighties. So we're seeing like um, coverage with Greg Lamond. Yep. And, uh, and like Greg really, help bring cycling to to the u.s in terms mm -hmm. of making um a more visible sport and so we we invented the tour de ross uh so that was my foray into cycling and i would gotcha. ride and stuff but when i didn't like because i didn't have a background in cycling and i don't have a lot of time you know riding and like a specific at specific efforts and just for extended amount of time the ramp up was very steep to get ready for Athens. Um, I was a bit heavy. Uh, and, but my, my power profile was, was good and, but it was too spiky. Like it wasn't, mm. and I'm better like physiologically as just like a metronome. Yeah. Um, but when I was now, but when I was younger, I was a little bit spikier. I was able to respond to, to, I was more dynamic. Right. Okay. So, um, I remember it must have been October of 2004, maybe November. I was riding my bike and I was like, you know what? I was thinking of retiring from triathlon. I was like, okay, cool. I got my Olympic dream, dream come true. I'm, and now I'm just going to go get a job and figure some stuff out. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was riding my bike just out and about in, in town. And I was like, you know, maybe I should stick with this sport. I think I could be pretty good. And um, if, if I just have a little bit more experience and more knowledge and what can you do with it? What can you build with that? Right. Um, and so I had this like nice little discussion in my own head and I said, and I had the talk with my wife at the time and Lisa, she's still my wife, but uh, at that time yeah. I remember having a conversation <laughs> with her and she was like, let's, let's try to figure it out. We're not making any money doing this thing, but maybe you can. Um, right. And, it actually didn't even qualify for the national team um, until the year after I made it to the Olympics. You, if you can explain that one to me, Kyle, like, thank please. I'm, I'm still waiting for that one. Um, uh, we, sh we, we share that characteristic because I didn't make national team until after the games either. So like, what's going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that it makes it hard, right? Like it's, yeah. It's, it's certainly a challenge. Like there are benefits to being on the national team in terms of healthcare and in terms of a stipend. Oh yeah. That, you know, I was, I wasn't, I was living, I had my own house and we didn't have kids at the time, but uh, Lisa still couldn't work because she's not from America. Right. She was waiting for uh, clearance for a green card and like, it was crazy. Um, yeah. So I, I think that resonates, right? Oh yeah, very yeah. much so. <laughs> so I, I remember having this conversation where I said, like, "Hey, let's let's give triathlon a real shake." And I mean, the probably the first three years of my career, I I basically had X amount of dollars. I would spend a bunch to go to a race and be like, "If I don't get seventh, there the career is over." Um, and I'd, I'd get fifth. Be like, great, now I can go to the next race. And it's like yep. top three or bust. And it really was like. It was like get seventh, get fifth, get third, 
uh, get top 10. Get, and the, these numbers were very, I, I knew them very well because I knew how much I was spending to go to these races. And, um, it was, it was like, it was touch and go for, for probably three years of like, if I had a bad performance, could I weather that storm? I could rather weather it one time, maybe, but not. Mm -hmm. too oh, um, so it's like, I, there was some pressure there. Uh, Hey, it's either put up or close shop. And, um, I, I think, I think people can, can kind of see that I was just, I was all in. It was like, I didn't have a plan B <laughs> until the doors were going to be closed. I mean, I didn't have any more money to continue to the, the pursuit. Right. But luckily I was able to, um, uh, put together some performances. And then in 2005, I started doing well, like, uh, world ranking wise and, and money wise. Yeah. 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 Oh, dude. Yeah. No, it's, it, it, it is funny. Like that's not, not too dissimilar from, uh, you know, from my, you know, from my own career, it's like, you know, you, you have to hit, you have to hit these performance, you know, numbers and yeah, that's, it's the, the beauty and the curse of, uh, of elite sport. Um, but yeah, no, that's <laughs> it's kind of what we live for. Um, yeah. I, I do think that there is like, there's, there's that pressure um yeah. to perform that is it's this external pressure like you you have a high standard for yourself yeah. but when you know like the lights turn off if you don't perform like that's pretty tough and to oh, go yeah. to go through it for a short phase is demanding but to literally have everything be stipulated off of the immediacy of a singular performance um yeah like you just want some flexibility some some wiggle room to call your own shots and to try to make your way forward so to, to circle this all back around um in 2006 i did my first half ironman and mm -hmm. and part of the reason was like i wanted more opportunities to have a longer runway have more flexibility in my life. But mm -hmm. all, like that was, that was a driving force, but probably the driving force was uh, like, I was looking for something that I could, that wasn't available in, um, in world triathlon back then. It was called ITU in ITU yep. racing. Um, oftentimes in the late two thousands races were coming down to a foot race it was a wet swim. And I was okay on my feet, uh, but I wanted to have the bike matter more and I wanted to have the swim matter more. And, yeah. Um, you know, you find yourself like if, if you really are the best triathlete that day, like shouldn't like, I, I wasn't on the top of the podium. It was like, I was getting second or fourth or third. Yeah. Fifth. And I was like, I felt like I was a little bit better of a triathlete today, but I got outrun. Yeah. Um, Cause someone was a little bit more tactically sound and could sit on me on the bike. Yep. Um, for whatever reason. Right. So, yeah, I was seeking a little bit of uh, a lighter vibe and I found that in the long course scene, yep. um, a little bit less tense, a little bit more relaxed. And, and then the other aspect, and, and I think you'll, right, this will resonate with you as well is that, um, so let's say you go to Japan 
and you yep. do a major race and it's a big deal. Then you come home and you're like, hey, and your friends and family are like, what are you racing again? You're like, uh, I just got back from Japan and I did pretty good. Yep. Um, but nobody was there. It was just literally your peers that you race against. Yeah. We were finding that a lot with uh, world triathlon racing was like, there wasn't an age group component to it. So right. the atmosphere wasn't as light and like fun. Fun's a poor choice of words, but it wasn't as, um, it like lacked, it lacks a certain spark or energy. Yeah, totally. That, that, that is available elsewhere. So like, yeah, you can create a lot of things and, and manifest them, but like if it, it helps if they're already a part of the conversation. Yep. Um, and, you, and I found that. And when you go to races with 3000 people or 5,000 people, like there's a ton of, there's a lot of vibe there that you, if you can tap into it, it can spur you on. So yeah. I started doing some non-drafting racing and um, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the challenge of it. Not that I didn't enjoy draft legal racing because that was that has a separate set of challenges. Um, sure. I think each step in each avenue was demanding and challenging and, and exhilarating, and all for but for different reasons. Um, yeah, yeah. And then and then also look at human nature, right? So human nature is you're going to gravitate towards things where you excel. If you get positive mm -hmm. from mathematics, then and you get like some really bad feedback from English. Well, you're going to start to be like, I love math. I do math. I'm a math. I love math. So the same thing was happening to me. I was getting more positive feedback uh, from draft, non-drafting, but yep. at the same time, it wasn't like I was bad at draft legal. Um, I was just getting better and more positive feedback, more able to impact a few more uh, people with my non-drafting skills. Yeah. And I'd say you, uh, became pretty darn good at the, the non-drafting stuff. I mean, I, I lose count of how many times you were, you know, how many top tens, uh, you know, in Kona and how many, uh, how many wins and, you know, podiums. And uh, I mean, you know, off the top of your head, I mean, like, take us through a few of the, the highlights of the, of the Ironman career, like, you know, half Ironman and, and full distance racing. I mean, dude, you're still, uh, you know, and you're, you're still, you're still throwing down as a 46 year old, um, still getting out there and mixing it up, mixing it up. I don't know about throwing down. <laughs> hey, you're mixing it up. Come on, man. <laughs> so, so I do is I just make fun of people that I be. I'm like, why are you letting me beat you, man? Like, <sighs> come on, dude, like, let's go. Um, yep. And, and they'll, yeah. So like now it, it all is a full circle here, Kyle. Like you go back to college when I was yep. over, you know, let the swimmer beat them. Now it's an old guy beating them. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, it's a couple, yeah, really happy with where my choices have taken me through this sport, through life and around the globe. The fact that I had kids early, uh, traveling with them, sharing mm -hmm. with them. Just some of my best memories is like uh, crossing the finish line. Back in the day, you used to be able to take your, like you could finish with your family members. Um, yeah. No longer a part of the scene. 
if you do it, you'll get disqualified now. Um, but back in the day, like I remember um, doing a race and I, I could, yeah, but I, strong memory. We don't need to go down that road. But uh, I, I remember <laughs> Austin, my son, I grabbed yep. him, my wife at a, at a race and put him on my shoulders and we oh. crossed together. Um, I was able to walk it in. So that was fun. And like finishing with my family there, like I remember, oh, like my kids have meddled me. And that's really special. Uh, when they, when they're standing there with the the first place, like putting it around my head. I remember my grandfather, Mm -hmm. he, before he passed away, he was able to meet me at at the finish line in uh, Ironman Lake Placid. Oh, wow. He was holding the banner and he shook my hand and uh, said, congratulations, grandson. That was pretty cool. Um, it's, it's moments like that that probably are the stickiest and, and most memorable the moments that, like, you, like, when you win races, it feels awesome. Um, sure. But if you, like, you want to share it with someone, I, I imagine that's probably one of the best parts of your racing is when you excel you literally have someone to share with yeah no it it really is and you know that that kind of segues into you know we can go ahead and uh you know i i've told you know the story from from my perspective of of how of how we met um you know in other you know podcast episodes and uh interviews and and stuff but uh why don't why don't you kind of let's let's delve into into that area like first and foremost did, like did you have any um experience with paratriathlon or what was your exposure to paratriathlon before uh before you, you started dragging my my sorry butt around uh on the back <laughs> of the tandem and <laughs> you know on runs and um, stuff you know so all right so you reached out via email during the pandemic i did um, think that time okay so in real estate was it location 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 but in life matters right so it's timing 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 your timing was was impeccable based off of the global events of the pandemic you reached out and i was like like things are shut down right now um i don't have a personal avenue and i'm getting older this this could be something that you know, uh, if if I could play a really small role in helping you achieve your goals and dreams, again, the timing matters. Like my son, my daughter, they're getting older. Mm-hmm. It matters how you impact them. And I think like what you've taught me, like I, I went into our relationship, like, okay, maybe I can teach Kyle a few things. Like I, I never thought like how much you teach me. Um, but I, I think it was probably, a, I, I hope it's a fair swap. If not, then I won. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I got a lot of, I got a, I, I've gotten a lot out and I'm still getting more out of it. So, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but in terms of like the para world, um, you know, I've been friends with Rudy, mm-hmm. uh, Tolson for a really long time. I think maybe since Athens, yep. um, known Rudy. And Rudy's always been loved triathlon, even though, um, you know, he reached his uh, Paralympic goals through swimming. 
Yep. Um, but I've known Rudy for forever. Uh, we shared a, a similar sponsor. And so I've known him for a long time. And I, I knew Melissa. Yep. Um, and I mean, I, I've known of other people, um, but I'd say it would be like Melissa and um, the big, the big names, like the, yeah, the, the faces of, you know, the, the parasport world. Yeah. yeah. So you got, got the, got the intro. Um, right. Yeah. And then, and then you got into the, uh, and then you uh, got into, into the resident team and uh, we dragged you uh, down a few levels to, uh, to the actual fun of uh, <laughs> what paratriathlon can be. So uh, you didn't drag me anywhere. Um, <laughs> it like you just, you just pull back the curtain a little bit. And um, ultimately, like, I was like, dude, I need a place to swim. Um, yep. It was real weird for a while with, with COVID. Like I was oh, yeah. on the other side of the pool. I was like, eh, this is what I got to do. Um, yep. I mean, I, I guess everybody's got their COVID stories. Um, oh, yeah. So, but like, there were definitely some extra hoops that we needed to jump through um, to make it so uh, everything was safe for you. Um, yep. And therefore, uh, in by proxy, the rest of the team. Yep. And and what, once, once we kind of got out of that like sticky situation and things, we had a little bit more freedom, uh, like our bike rides were fantastic. Um, our first race together, we actually didn't train a ton before Harvest Moon. No, uh, it was uh, last, call, last, last call triathlon up in uh, Loveland. Yeah. So last call triathlon, it was just, uh, it was a non-drafting sprint. Um we hadn't done a ton of training before we did that race. No, I think we did like two or three rides and maybe like one or two runs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we, had, I don't think we had swum together at all. <laughs> so that was probably like one of the best um, intros to the sport. So we all start as one in one yep. way. So it was, it was you and uh, Melissa and Haley and was Kendall, and Kendall there? Yeah. Kendall was there. Kendall was there. Um, and was it just the four of us? I think it was just, I think it was just us. Yeah. Okay. So we get after it and we start and, and you just hit it. You go to the gas and I'm like, okay, boy's a gamer. Boy wants, <laughs> boy wants to throw down. That's just sweet. I'm, I'm game. I'm, I'm on. So we were swimming. got off hot, right? You came off hot. And <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like this is a And, um, and then we get to the first buoy. And I die. <laughs> no, no, there's contact, right? There's contact yeah. for you on, uh, so what am I, I'm swimming on your left. Correct, yep. Yeah, I'm swimming on your left, and there's contact on your right and my left. Yep. And it's like, listen, Haley, Kendall's gone, and um, there's like contact at the buoy, and then Haley gets on your feet. You get on Melissa's feet. Melissa slowly pulls away. We pass both of them exiting. Um, uh, I think we actually caught Kendall on the exit too. Maybe I think so. In T1. Anyway. Something like that. Um, and then we were just hammering, hammering on a side. Like you don't even probably know this, but we were on a sidewalk for like half the race. On the <laughs> I did not so, know that. <laughs> well, I would say like a, a quarter of the race so like you kind of get you're on this it was a closed road but they had to 
to make it so there's no overlapping. They had to push us onto a sidewalk. Right. Um, so we're riding and <laughs> we're flying because the, 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 the tandem, we were riding your Chinook at that yep. time. And like when it gets up to speed, like we've got mass and oh yeah. Got, uh, so like we start mowing people down. Anyone that's in front of us, we mow them down, and then we just start catching people that were lapping because uh, it was two lap yep. ride. And then um, no, I, I I felt like you were in great shape, man. We had a ton of fun. It was great. That was a blast. Yeah, I that was a blast. I think you won the. Um, I think we were first cross line. Uh, we were, yeah, I think, uh, we, we were first across the line because we did, uh, we, we were able to, uh, um, you know, because yeah. we started, we started first, uh, you know, we did like, uh, you know, by chip time, I think we, I think we just missed out on top 10 and that was just because I, you know, oh, really? the, I think, yeah, I, I, I think, I think a chip, we, we were either like, right. We were either top 10 or just outside of top 10 on like chip time, but in like actual real time. Yeah. We, we, uh, we crossed the line first, which was, which was kind of fun. That was, that was kind of fun. Kind of fun. That's totally fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. Cause I, I think, you know, we did a lot of training, you know, we did a lot of training together, but you know, we only raced what four times together. Cause we raced last call. Then we did that, that race in Sarasota, um, yep. where, uh, you know, dude, we just, I mean, we threw down cause we didn't, we weren't sure if we were going to get to race at all yep. that year. Cause world triathlon hadn't yet said if there was going to be racing before the games. Um, yep. and so that, that, that race in particular was like super high pressure. Cause it, it was, uh, it was going to be a discretionary USA triathlon selection race. Correct. Um, and, uh, and man, that was, uh, I remember that being, uh, that being an experience and, uh, um, for those people that, that, you know, want to hear more about the, the side stories of, of that particular race, go listen to the podcast episode that I did with Howie Sanborn. <laughs> he tells all the, all the fun stories there. That, that particular weekend. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if that's, uh, that's definitely not G rated. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. There was definitely, there was some. There were some shenanigans there, but, uh, but no, all kinds of fun. Um, but then I, you know, I mean, we fast forward to, um, you know, let's go ahead and fast forward to, to Pleasant Prairie. Um, because I, I, I still say that is probably the deepest I have ever gone on a race, you know, in a race. And, you know, you had, uh, obviously a front row seat to my, um, my essentially my blackout um <laughs> halfway through the run halfway through the run um so like you know what like when you know when we were racing in in pleasant prairie i mean obviously it was, it was brutally hard swim at least for me um you know but you know you were a absolute hoss dragging us up um uh, to get back in contact with greg and brad on the on the bike and um and, and then like why don't you go ahead and take up the the story from there. Cause you know, to be quite honest, I don't really remember much of the run. So. Okay. Yeah. So like, I mean the swim, it was, there was definite chop and wind. Um, and then the gap just opened up immediately between, uh, you and Brad and it was like, okay, well, we're going to weather this storm, we get down, we get out of the water. 
I'm guessing like 155, two minutes yeah. down. Yeah. It was definitely considerable. Um, and there was real struggle coming like after the last turn on the swim to get you to stand up. Um, yeah. Probably have like 250 meters into a, a, into a headwind and it was, it was just slow going. Um, yeah. It was slow for everybody, but it was, it was tough. Like, cause I, I mean, I know the rules. Um, I, I wanted to stamp on the gas and just be like, we're going. Yeah. Um, but like, this is, this is, this was your, the opportunity for you to qualify for Tokyo. And you know, the last thing I wanted to do is, you know, disqualify you. Right. So, uh, like I'm, I'm watching, like I'm surveying the scene. I'm like, okay, you know what? Honestly, we can ride into them. Uh, we get on the bike and the, the way that the bike rode, it was like, I like the power was great. Um, our aerodynamics were excellent. Um, we had full cooperation and it was probably a bit, a bit, a bit rich of a pace for you that played its, its, um, reared its head on the run. Yeah. When we stand up after the bike, we, we like, we literally came in together. Yep. Um, in transition, um, Greg and Brad were a little quicker in T2. Uh, we come out and, you know, you fully uh, level a, a trash can. <laughs> and that trash can took a beating from every pair of athletes. That, it did. Uh, so you they kept the putting it back. They kept I putting know, it back. Moving over to the other side. Anyway, uh, get on the trail and, um, I think it's, it was, it's really important to clarify your goals and like what you want yeah. and, and how you want to execute your race plan. So like I was, we were, li we were trying to uh, not overrun the first mile and yep. because coming out of, on the gap, we didn't want to close the gap immediately um, at mile one because honestly nine seconds 16 seconds quicker which was about the gap yep uh if you're too if you're spending that energy um that early and on the on the 5k it sometimes it'll bite you sometimes it's what you need but it was like okay well, there's more patience involved and we were patient and we ended up catching greg and brad at um at the halfway mark we mm -hmm. caught them like two and a half k uh, we go into a turn and we, we take the lead we, uh, and then we've been putting like 20 seconds on them and we're like, okay, they're fading. Um, and then we go through an eighth and you're like water. You, you, you ask for water. We go through an eight station. You're like, I need Gatorade. And we get Gatorade. The next one it was just like, and I grab an extra water and I'm dousing you with water. And it wasn't even that hot out. Was it hot? Yeah. It, I don't think it was. It was just, it was just windy. Windy. Right. It was warm, but windy. Yeah. Um, so like it wasn't like you're running in a trash bag like that, but it, like Wisconsin can be super humid. Um, but the wind was, had a cooling effect, but I was like trying to keep you cool. I think we got the lead at mile two. Yep. And mile to go. Um, okay. And Greg and uh, Brad start closing the gap. They end up passing at like 2.3. So, you know, a little over half mile to go. It's like, okay, stay in contact. Cause I know your kick, right? Oh yeah. 
And, and if for anyone who doesn't know, Kyle's got a fantastic finish, great kick. Like if, if Kyle can, can sense that it's just the kick game, like I'll, I'll take Kyle in the shoot. We'll take it. I want, <laughs> I want, Kyle in the shoot. I want him in the shoot. Right. Oh uh, yeah. Appreciate so, that. We're just going to stay. We're going to like, don't we want to have that rubber band be attached um, and feel the, the, the that um, we're still in the game. And we go up this small rise. Kyle's like, he's like, he's like, oh no. And I'm like, what don't you know? Like, we're racing. Like, what don't you know? This is <laughs> no or not no. Like, we're just racing here, bro. Yeah. And like, then you just start slowing down. There were no real words. It was like slowing down. I was like, come on, Kyle. And then like, we like change something. We change something. I'm begging, I'm begging. Like, please just put one foot in front of the other. You've got it. Yeah. Forward. Can you just move forward? Because um, Ben and. Ben and Aaron were closing. <laughs> were behind us. Um, and I didn't I like, I mean, they were, there was a decent enough gap, but I was like, we don't want to get caught. Yeah. Um, and then it stopped being about trying to win. And then it became about not getting caught. And about like a minute later, it became about, dude, let's just like, can we finish? Like, yeah. Maybe we get caught. Maybe we don't, but like you just, we end up, I am, I ended up actually stopping you. And I was like, stop, stop. Yeah. Walk. We're just walking. Stop. Stay here. And like, we like 15 seconds. I don't know. It wasn't even much. And you're like, okay, yeah. okay. And then we started moving forward again. And then you started running. And then you started doubling over at the waist and like zigging and zagging. And I couldn't grab you, but I could be like, you got it. Like you can stay. Like we couldn't connect, but we could be attached. Yeah. We could connect, but not be attached. What, what, I forget the words we used. Yeah. Something but like that. Your forearm could touch my forearm, but we couldn't link up. So I'm like, you gotta stay attached. Like, come on, please, 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 please. Come on, Kyle, come on. And like, there was not, there was no emotion anymore at that point. We were in the finishing shoot. Like, you couldn't emote, you couldn't sweat. You, um, like, there was nothing. There was no there there. Like, yeah, the eyes were open. No one was home. Um, yeah, we get to the line, and then you fall down. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it played out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, dude, like, I, I mean, I, I'm like, you know, I, I, I tell people this all the time and I'm like, look, I, I literally have no memory from the time that Greg and Brad passed us to, I think the first memory I have is I, I think I remember throwing up in that trash can at the, uh, at the end of the race. <laughs> and I think that was like, that was like five or 10 minutes after yeah. the race was over or something like that. So uh, yeah, I had no idea that I was, I was like, I was that bad. Um, yeah, but, but, uh, it was, it was, it was wild, but, uh, somehow we held, held off, uh, Ben and Aaron yeah. and wow. Yeah. You, you held off Ben and Aaron. You were champ. <sighs> oh man. But, uh, what was it? It was, it was less than a week later that we got the, we got the official call that, that we were going to the, going to the games. And so like what were your what were your feelings um about when we when we got that when we got that call and you know you were now you know you were going to to the paralympics as a as a guide um 
you know, 17 years after you'd gone to the Olympics, uh, like what was, what, what was going through your head and what was your Paralympic games experience? Yeah. So when I remember where I was, when you called me that you're in the spot and, um, I don't think it was for sure that the U.S. was taken two uh, in men's VI. Um, we were de- we were definitely taking we were definitely taking at least two because because Brad, Aaron, and I were all ranked like six. I, I think I was ranked like sixth. Brad was seventh, and Aaron was eighth or something like that. And so like we were all in like so we had two spots. It was just a matter of was it going to be Brad and me or brad and aaron or aaron and me so like we didn't we didn't know for sure yeah i uh so i remember where it was i was i mean I, you played a joke on me and like <laughs> okay, i was like that's cool well, let's go break the iron man uh vi record yeah i think that was my response but um yeah <laughs> so i i i was really proud uh, uh proud of your you and proud of your efforts um I think that like when you think of peak performance, some people like it's just part of their DNA and some people find their way into it. Um, I think that you like once you committed to doing triathlon, I feel like there are different aspects to your game that you are willing to explore. So that was um, that was that was what was rewarded on uh, when when you heard, and, and I just yeah. I, I was I was like that's fantastic, yep. um, yeah. And, and like uh, for me, I, I it, yeah, it, it, like it wasn't about me at all. Uh, I was just really proud of you. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Yeah. But yes, I mean, ah, oh, man, just the. I mean, you'll be the first to, to say that, you know, that, you know, the, our Paralympic games experience was, um, you know, everyone, everyone keeps telling me it was, it was very different from the, the normal, you know, the quote unquote normal, uh, Olympic or Paralympic games, um, experience. But, um, but we had quite a, uh, you know, as I recall, we had quite a stressful, um, at least morning of, um, morning of our race, um, because uh, I think we woke up and we found out that uh, it, it was almost like Greg had been hauled away because uh, you know, of you know, close contact. And, and like, I think your stress level went from like two to 20 in the span of about 10 seconds. Oh, I forgot that that happened. Yeah, Greg. Yep. Like it was some sort of close contact thing from the main ride or something. Silly. Yeah, something. Yeah. And so Greg's warming up in a different, he was asked to go to the venue and a different, he was in a different room and we couldn't see him until we raced. I'm like, oh, this is just silly. And yep. so I can warm up both you and Brad. And so I remember going and riding with Brad. Um, we were in like, we were in the air. Con- there was another room where we could ride stationary. Yep. Got oriented. Um, I rode there. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, then we had a couple other mishaps, like someone forgot laces. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. I was yeah. like, I, they're like, 
but you need yours. I'm like, I'm an hour after you, after you finish, I've got an hour to relay shoes. I'm pretty sure I can relay shoes in an hour. Yeah. Take my, I don't care. And then they end up finding some other laces. And, uh, and Brad was going and somebody else was quarantined too. I think, uh, was it uh, Kelly? No, it was, uh, no, it was, uh, Liz and Jill were, were, quarantined for sure and then i think grace was yeah, yeah there there was a handful of people it was it was wild yeah um, it I, was I, wild in terms of the actual games experience i've experienced a few different types of games like yeah uh world university games olympics uh pan-american that kind of stuff it was um it was pretty like it wasn't that different. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are logistics that come into play when you have, you know, so many athletes in a village, um, like certain scenario or certain like scenarios were a little different. Sure. But like on the whole, it, like we were centrally located. We take, there's a, there's the, the vehicle depot where you get, you gotta go to the bus. You got, a, you got a badge in and out. You got the cafeteria. Everybody's walking everywhere in the village. Um, and then it, it does become about the team. Like you, yeah. you end up hanging out a lot with your sweet mates. Yep. Uh, then you end up hanging out a lot with just like, because you end up sharing the same schedule with the guys and gals. Um, and that's who you are closest with anyway. And, yep. um, in that regard, no different. No yeah. different. I'd say the biggest difference was uh, the, like the fact that your family uh, couldn't yeah. physically be there. Uh, yeah. In one regard, that's like, it. that definitely stinks, right? Uh, yeah. But in another regard, like I, I do, I can tell you when your family's there, it's it's stressful. Like they yeah. have tickets and you're like, I like literally I have a badge, like, I, I can't get you tickets. I don't know how to get tickets. I'm not a. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not the ticket man. But like, you're you're still in charge of getting the tickets, and you're still worried about like, is are they safe in their hotel? Are they taken care of? And all these things. And yeah, are they eating right? Is is everything right? Eating? So, um, so that aspect of it was you know you didn't have to worry about it, but at the same time, it's like, um, I I would take that worry and that stress to have them there, uh, which is beyond special so yeah i hope that opportunity next year kyle yeah next year paris <laughs> countdown paris in what is it's october we've got yep. eight months uh well we'll know for sure we'll know for certain um who's on the team in in yeah about seven or eight seven or eight months end of end of june beginning of july you know it's just just you know we'll know for sure um, and then, I'd uh, love for your parents sisters, um, to get to get a chance to watch you race. It's, yeah, it'd be pretty yeah, awesome. You, like what they've done for you. And, yep. Uh, this is probably one of the most, it's probably one of the best gifts you could ever give someone is the gift of pride. And yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. Oh so, man. So we've, dude, we've, we've covered, we've covered a lot, but, uh, I, I want to, before we, uh, before we, we sign out here, I, I do want to kind of, you know, let people kind of know what, like what's going on with you now. Like, what are you up to 
like yeah. right now and then what's what's coming up because uh you know i know you're i know you're still racing a a little bit but you got a lot of other cool and exciting things going on as well yeah it's like you said what's going on now i said a lot but then again <laughs> right so like yep. maybe it's a lot maybe it's nothing i don't know um I raced a few times this year. I'd love to race again. I think racing yeah. again is fun. I am getting older. I'll be 47 this year. Um, I've been racing for a long time. Like we started off with, like since 1993, yep. I've been traveling internationally. Yep. Um, it's been amazing. Um, I'm not like, I do think that if you, if you say and start talking about retirement, like it's, it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people were asking me in my third, like late thirties, when are you going to retire? What are you talking about? Like never. <laughs> right. So it was just never a point. Like if, I remember like 35 years old, like when you retire, I was like seven more years. Yep. 38 old, they went seven more years at 42 years old. When are you retire? Seven more years. Like that's, that's like my stock answer. Seven. More yeah. Years. Yeah. But I definitely have more races behind me than I have ahead of me professionally. Sure. Um, I probably won't even as an amateur do as many races as I've done as a pro, but, um, uh, I don't, I would love to race again. Here's the kicker. And this mm -hmm. works in many different facets, but if you can, uh, operate from a position of strength, uh, then you can give a better chance to have a successful, um, uh, decision making yep. process. Yep. So, um, I, I need to get in better shape. Uh, that I'm in right now. Um, I want to be able to, you know, I want to be healthy and riding at, you know, power that's necessary, run speeds that are necessary and swim velocity that's necessary to compete with um, who I still consider my, my peers. They're just half my age now. <laughs> um, so I'd love to get into some really awesome shape and then make the decision what races to do. I think, um, I, I don't know what races I'm going to do next year. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just know that, um, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm going to race again. Uh, yep. I think it's going to be an Ironman or three. Okay. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like I've been racing some halves and they've been going okay. Um, yeah. it's not like I'm slow, uh, but it, the ability to put it, to string together the amount of volume at certain intensities is difficult when you get older. Yeah. Getting old kind of sucks. Uh, and I'm not, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm not old in yeah. terms of human lifespan, but in terms of like professional athletes, like, you know, like my, my travel age is 47, I'll be 48 and travel on age next year. Like that, like it's hard to produce the power necessary. Uh, consistently. Yeah. So yeah. you just don't recover as quick, For it's sure. but it's always interesting. Like, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think the curiosity, curiosity aspect that I had early on in my career, I still have. I don't know what's going to happen, but I sure am curious to find out. Let's put our best foot forward and let the chips fall where they may. It's awesome, man. And yeah. I know the, uh, you know, I, I know, uh, 
you've got a lot going on with uh with ap racing yeah um and yeah. you know continuing to build build out that uh that coaching you know that coaching business the the you know the age group you know programs that you you're doing there and um i know uh you still uh you still coaching uh still coaching boston a little bit in uh, in some running a little bit i try not to a be little bit. Coach, try to be his dad um, that's fair that's fair part some like tidbits uh but i'm working with I, you know i am coaching running right now i coach club team running i coach high school team running i got ap racing yep uh, four camps next year um then we've got the own you know the wet soup is yep who wetsuits and um oh yeah it, it's going great though like i'd say one of the another aspect that is really fun and makes your heart grow like twice as big yep like like i was talking about with kids um like when you're racing you have kids it's like in or family there you, you know it, you, your heart swells with pride and i think that with ap racing so many people out there, um, they want to try to learn from all my mistakes and yeah. more than willing to share like where I've messed up and what has worked, but what hasn't worked. And, um, and then when, when we're all wearing the same kit, we just do like, you can do magical things with cool people and yeah, it's fun. It's, I think that's how, uh, I think that's how, uh, our relationship got started, man. It was just, we want to do cool stuff with cool people. And, you know, you know, from my, you know, from my perspective, you know, when I reached out to you, it was, it was a, it was a shot in the dark. I was just like, man, it'd be really cool to get to, you know, just ride a bike one, one time with this, uh, with this legend and, you know, in us triathlon circles. And, uh, and I think one of the things that, you know, I, I think I eventually got the courage up to, to ask you, like, why did you say yes? And, <laughs> and I think you just said, you, you said, I just want to do cool stuff with cool people and yeah, figure it take a risk. So, yeah. You uh, never, first thing I could have said, right? Yep. Oh, uh, love it, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, dude, it's, man, just, you know, it's just, I, I just gotta, you know, I, I've told you before, but just, you know, thank you for your, yeah. Thanks for saying yes. Um, and, you know, thanks for, you know, not running away too fast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, you know, we've, we've shared a, a lot of really cool experiences together and, uh, you know, just like, you know, memories that are going to last a lifetime. And, you know, just thanks for, thanks for your friendship, your, your leadership and your, you know, just being a, a, a real professional mentor, uh, to me, man, it's been, you know, it's, you know, going to count you as a, count you as a friend for, for life. So, and, uh, I believe there is, uh, there's still video evidence of it out there said that, uh, you know, you're going to do, uh, you're going to do whatever, uh, whatever race I want to do, I, I can call you up. So I'm still, still keeping that in my back pocket. So stay in shape, buddy. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. You can't be in better shape sooner than I will, but yeah, no, <laughs> thanks a lot, Kyle. Uh, absolutely Andy. And, and zach um fast fortunes man keep kicking ass awesome man will do thank you so very much bro and uh just you know real quick uh before uh before we check out here why don't you let people know how they can you know continue to follow your career and if they want to get involved with ap racing or hoob or 
you know, any of the other ventures that you're involved in? How can, uh, how can people stay in touch with you? Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing that we have going is AP Racing yep. in terms of our camps um, and our coaching. So it's andypottsracing.com. We have four rate, uh, camps coming up in 2024. Uh, we've got a ski and swim camp at the end of January. We've got a triathlon camp in Chula Vista in March. No, Sounds right. Probably end of probably February. <laughs> and then... Uh, we're going to Mallorca. We're, we're, we're taking our show overseas to Mallorca and then, and that's in May. And then we're going to park city in July. So Ooh. I don't know the dates and times, uh, locations and all the details are on antipotsracing.com. We'd love to share a week with you guys. Um, and we have a ton of fun. Like Kyle said, we do cool stuff with cool people. Awesome, man. Well, I think everyone now knows that, you know, you know, can really see and identify how Andy has helped me keep an eye on my vision. And I hope, you know, some of his stories and some of his words are going to resonate with, uh, with, with all of you out there. So as always keep an eye on your vision and Andy, once again, man, thanks so much for, uh, for coming on and, you know, sharing a little bit of time and reminiscing a bit. You got it, Kyle. Thanks for inviting me. All right, bro. We'll take it easy. Later. Thanks so much, Andy, for coming on the show. Always great catching up with you. And uh, dude, you're just such a good storyteller. I, I remember so often, uh, you know, being out on the tandem or being out for a long run and you know, just soaking up the your wisdom from the the stories uh, that you tell. Uh, so I, I hope you all uh, understand why and how Andy was such a, you know has been so influential in my life, and uh, you can see uh, why we chose Andy to you know be my guide for the the Paralympic Games in Tokyo, uh, but. Yeah, just so awesome. So be sure to go check him out, andypotsracing.com, and check him out on all the social media platforms. Uh, get connected with him. He's got some great stuff going on. But if you guys want to continue to follow my journey as I uh, build toward the 2024 Paralympic Games, uh, please make sure to follow me on all the social media platforms. Best ones to do that are probably Instagram and Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at Iron Kyle. That's E-Y-E-R-O-N-K-Y-L-E. And on Facebook at Kyle Kuhn Speaks. Uh, you can also... Be sure to pick up a copy of my book, Discovering a Life Without Limits, How Cancer Took My Sight, Blindness Gave Me Vision, and The Mountains Let Me Live uh, at my website. That's kylecoon.com. Uh, also, if you want to get the audio version of that, uh, check that out on Audible, or you can get it on Amazon Kindle. Uh, and you guys, as we are getting to crunch time for the Paralympic Games. You know, those are coming up at the, you know, end of August, beginning of September 2024. Uh, if you would like to help support me and my journey to getting to the Paralympic Games, uh, 
please visit usatriathlon.org slash Kyle Kuhn and you can make a tax deductible donation and all that money goes directly to helping me and my guide Zach Goodman um, to make it to the Paralympic Games and it supports our journey. Uh, so please check out usatriathlon.org slash Kyle Kuhn. Thanks so much, you guys. And as always, keep an eye on your vision.